Trials and tribulations, life can get rough. And through the storm, we'll make it. Just put your trust in Him. No matter what you're going through, I know that I'll never leave you. You feel that you can't take no more. You may think you've seen it all. so much for listening to the Get Happy with Jay podcast. If you were listening last week, I promised you part two of our discussion about black women and sexuality. And here we go. Again, I want to welcome special guests Shama St. Louis and Karen Wilson as we continue our discussion on this hot topic. And again, we want to hear from you. I'll let you know how to get in contact with us at the end of this podcast. Let's get into it. How do you think that music in particular and specifically hip hop contributes to these negative stereotypes about black women? Because I'm old enough to know, I'm sure I'm older than both of you. Not a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Probably way older than Shama though. But I can remember uh, when hip hop started and I remember the progression of it and how I'd say the very late 80s, early 90s is when you saw this radical change in hip hop. That's right around the same time you saw like gangster rap become more The video vixen thing. Yeah, and yeah, the video mm-hmm. vixen and, and artists that flat out called women bees and mm-hmm. hoes. And to this day, how black women are disrespected by our own men in hip hop music and culture. And that's always been so frustrating to me. Yeah, I, I think it definitely contributes, right? Because yeah. there are always people who cannot separate something that is metaphorically mm-hmm. um, or meant for, you know, not to be taken literally Mm -hmm. and then there's always those people who like get it yeah right Mm -hmm. like if i hear you know uh music common or whatever and Mm -hmm. he's talking about something and it sounds like he's dissing a woman or whatever like i'm gonna listen to it and i'm not going to internalize that Mm -hmm. but i think the problem is music is so suggestive right and most people Mm -hmm. aren't Art imitates life. Yeah, and they're not being very conscious Mm -hmm. when they're listening to the music, right? They're just letting it go in. Mm -hmm. And later it comes out, you know, Mm -hmm. in the way that it went in. And so I think that um, what we listen to, just like what we watch, Mm -hmm. definitely contributes to how we behave in our mannerisms and Mm -hmm. how we treat people, especially if we're internalizing those things. But I don't I personally don't like the idea of like solely blaming yeah. hip hop. Oh, you know, not. there are well, those. And ahead. it also goes. Uh, let's flip it back even further that what um, I only know of like one female. I mean, I know they have female directors and stuff like that, like the, the that one girl who did both video and she's the, the main um, like executive producer and stuff on on um, Empire. Sanaa. So uh, Hamry, I think is her name, Mm -hmm. but you don't see very many female execs, you know, Mm -hmm. that that um, make the decisions Mm -hmm. on what's going to be done. 
Well, and yeah, so, that's part of the problem. Right, exactly. <laughs> so at the end of the day, it's all men, and and some of them might be um, on the wrong team, for so to speak, or, or different. But if they're not, then they don't want to see anything else, or that's what they want to see. I guess yeah. I articulate myself correctly. So, um, and then I always look at, I feel like um, I'm a huge fan of power. Mm-hmm. And that one has a female executive producer. Courtney Kemp is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And I feel like she films and does everything equally, which you don't see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And But then sometimes I'm like, okay, I, I would have done that shot a little different. Mm-hmm. You know, but I feel like she gets it. And you don't have there's she's like one of how many that are are making the decisions out there. Yeah. Well, that so. you bring up a good point because people directors like Lee Daniels and even Tyler Perry come under criticism a lot of their portrayals of black women. Mm-hmm. And I think um, it goes back to maybe some personal dysfunction from their own lives because once again, as we said, you know, art imitates life, and mm-hmm. and these people's personal experiences growing up negative or positive is what they're putting out even if it's on a subconscious level where they're not even aware of it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but I think some of the stereotypes uh, that Lee Daniels puts out there for women it's like you would think he hated women Mm -hmm, sometimes with mm -hmm. what he puts out it's just been so awful and and just so Mm -hmm. dark and negative when it comes to black women and 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 Tyler Perry with some of what he does and the stereotypes that he I'm glad Medea is getting ready to bite the dust let's just say that (laughs) But is she? <laughs> yeah, that he's he he has put it out there. This new movie that's coming out, um, spring of twenty nineteen. Medea's Medea's yeah. funeral. Yeah, I, I, I think with Tyler Perry, he he I think he does he in particular does it more to men than women, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Like I think his portrayal of black men. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of his mu- movies is yeah. just it's like it makes me nauseous it's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I know that these type of men exist but my goodness yeah. you know what I mean it's like why do you he have to have he never has a regular family you know what I'm saying <laughs> I, I yeah. used to say that all the time I, I love what he has done as far as putting people to work and he's got his own studio mm-hmm. and all that yeah. but I was like that's not my slice of life I came from a very um, large extended family I mean I was lucky in the fact that my mother's family we went back like five generations that all lived in Galesburg wow. and none of the men were like that I mm-hmm. mean yeah. you know what I'm saying I, I, and the angry black woman yeah, thing that yeah. he just like every no. movie someone uh, there's a black woman that's angry and crazy mm-hmm. all the time yeah yeah, yeah. and there's definitely a problem with that like, I, I I felt like I was I think the the only I mean I like well most of his most of Tyler Perry stories are the same they're just different actors the only one that I can say that I really really liked or could relate to was the family that prays because that's the only one that Medea wasn't in mm. if you look mm-hmm. at it you know mm-hmm. so you're no Medea fan <laughs> 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 and I grew up in church so I know that there are people like that so. well she's very similar to, to my paternal grandmother oh, no. so she kind of reminds of her so I mean some of these stereotypes are somewhat based on reality too but mm-hmm. they're just like exaggerated mm reality for, for real. sure yeah. <laughs> and I mean I get it like I am oftentimes I think labeled as the angry black woman people mm-hmm. are like, why are you so angry like what is what's wrong that's what here what's wrong what like who who did something to you like why are you mm-hmm. so angry and I'm like well I'm not angry you you mistake my passion for a particular subject or 
you know, Mm -hmm. like how strongly I feel about what it is that I do for Mm -hmm. anger Mm -hmm. because you are not used to seeing women, specifically black women, Mm -hmm. have a voice like the type of voice that I have. Yeah, when you speak up for yourself, it's like we're not viewed as being assertive. Mm -hmm. We're viewed as being angry. Aggressive. Or the B word, aggressive, Mm -hmm. just for being assertive, having a voice and using it. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about how the black church contributes to these um, problems with black women and sexuality because I grew up in a very, very strict um, home um, that could be said to be kind of fundamentalist in a way. And I was raised by my grandmother who had her own issues with men. She had my great-grandfather was horrible to her, um, cheated on her in the works. I mean, just horrible. And she was like a man basher. So that was part of her problem. So part of her was a man basher. And the part that was like strictly by the Bible and she wouldn't have honest, open conversations with me about sex. It was just all sex is bad, sex is dirty, men are horrible, just don't do it. Mm -hmm. And of course, when you're dealing with kids, that makes you want to do it all the more. More. <laughs> when you don't address it or if you say something's bad yeah. or naughty, it's like, hmm. Maybe I should try that. Maybe bad is good. <laughs> so, yeah, that probably contributed to some of my earlier mistakes. Mm-hmm. But how do you guys feel that the church is helping or failing when it comes to black people and sexuality? I think they're failing. And I think they're failing, t- like, miserably. Yeah. Um, and I would just say, you know, because I grew up Christian and pretty strict, super strict, I would say, too. Um, And, you know, I I was taught, you know, similar things. Mm -hmm. Um, And I wouldn't say necessarily from my parents, just but from the church in general. Like, that is the impression that I got. Um, But then I got sent away to a Christian boarding academy when I was 15 years old. And I realized that, like, all the kids, I was, like, one of the only virgins. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Which is bizarre when you're talking about Christian academy. (laughs) And I'm like, what is happening? Like, I got there and I was just like, wait, you guys are all having sex? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, why? Why? <laughs> why? Like, we're we're taught not to do these things. Like, mm-hmm. and I realized that, like, and with that came a lot of things like abortions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And things like mm-hmm. that, because they didn't want to disgrace the church or disgrace their families and mm-hmm. things like that. But if it had been something that the church did not stray away from, mm-hmm. that the church did not you know, push off as being dirty or you're nasty if you're having these types of feelings and this Mm -hmm. is sinful and that's that's the devil. Yeah. You Mm -hmm. know, then I think you wouldn't have so many hurt, scarred women. Yeah. You know, walking around because Mm -hmm. they have experimented with their sexuality Mm -hmm. without any guidance from anyone. That's so important. It's Mm -hmm. important to have the guidance to be able to do it safely, to be able to even know to value your body. Because I look back at my life, I wouldn't have lost my virginity as early as I had had I realized what a gift it was. Mm -hmm. I didn't appreciate what a gift it was and how the person. Person that I was giving that to should really 
earn that. I mean, that's something that you only give away once. It's mm-hmm. so precious. And by me not having those conversations with anyone to stop it and, and make me think along my way, like, okay, if you're going to do this, you know, do it safely or, mm-hmm. or stop and think, like, is this a person that you really want to have as your first experience when you look back at your introduction to sex? Mm-hmm. And looking back, I definitely would have, like, what was I thinking? You know, so yeah, not talking to your kids or young people that you have access to about it. It is so, it is so harmful. Well, and even today's society, you need to open that dialogue because um, today getting pregnant is the least of your problems. Mm-hmm. You know, if you get, yeah. if you get AIDS or anything else, you're done. You know, yeah. I mean, so yeah, I, I feel like the um, being open and honest and, you know, really talking about where babies come from and not from the stork kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You need to be forthwith because, yeah, your life depends on it. And I think anytime you suppress someone's sexuality is where you get the, the, mm-hmm. the weirdness from. Mm-hmm. I immediately yep. think of the Catholic Church mm-hmm. and um, not talking against anyone's particular religion. Mm-hmm. But it's like when you have these group of people, the priests and the nuns who are forced to swallow and suppress yeah. a part of the of you that makes you human. Yeah. It's like, is there any wonder that all this molestation and weirdness happen mm-hmm. anytime well, yeah, when you... even even the Jewish are allowed to have a family. Jewish and the Protestants are allowed to have a family. Yeah. And I was always freaked out because I, I feel like I'm a religious mutt. I, I'm I was raised African Methodist Episcopal. That's um, that's what I, you know, practice even today. But we have a, a um, set of cousins that were Catholic. So I've been to mass. I have some that are Kojic. I've been to the Pentecostal church, the, the whole thing, <laughs> yeah. the whole gamut. And <laughs> and the thing that freaked me out the most about the Catholic is they have that they have that book that's not the Bible. It's something else. And I don't know what it's called, but they parade that around. And then they they idolize Mary before they do Jesus, you know, and it's kind of it just kind of weirded me out. And the whole confession thing, most people that are are non practicing Catholics, the one thing they hated the most was the confession. I'm just saying. <laughs> so that's kind of veering off. Topic. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know enough about the Catholic Church to come <laughs> I like do. I, I've been to mass. I've done it all. <laughs> I've I've gone to mass before just because I I like to explore you know other people's religions you and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah I have <laughs> sat through it before and and. <clears throat> As, as strict as my grandmother was, it was hilarious. I was like the summer vacation Bible school kid. Mm-hmm. She sent me to everybody. Did you go to Second Baptist? Probably. <laughs> I'm sure I did. I went to everybody. No matter what the religion was, she mm-hmm. would uh, gladly pass me off to them for Bible study and vacation mm-hmm. Bible school. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I've like studied all. But I think anytime you try to suppress anyone's sexuality, you're going to have all kinds of problems. And from that arises de- all these deviancies and so I, think I think it's too, dangerous when you do that when a child or a teenager um is sexually assaulted mm-hmm. then it's just that much harder for them mm-hmm. to open up about oh, yeah. what's mm-hmm. going on because mm-hmm. my first experience was not me doing it willingly mm-hmm. it was taken from me and i didn't admit that to my mom until i was i think i was pregnant with my second child i was like 23 or 24 Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it didn't matter how many times or how many ways I was asked about it. I felt so ashamed mm-hmm. that I lied. 
Yeah. And I was willing to allow my family to believe that it was something that I did just carelessly. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And just like, you know, that I just went off and had sex. You know, because you feared them blaming you or retribution or anything like that. I I am not sure to to this day. I'm not really sure Mm -hmm. what I feared, but Mm -hmm. I feared something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and it was like I was just terrified Mm -hmm. of saying and I think the threats that he like he threatened me too. So and then just being like as naive as I was. Mm-hmm. at 15 years old um so it was like that fear mm-hmm. and then the fear of like either not being believed or or mm-hmm. being blamed mm-hmm. or you know i don't know it was just a lot of things and what was weird is that over the years i wanted to say something yeah like i wanted to be like and it it was just amazing to me at like how well i was able to suppress like my desire to want to get it out until yeah. you know i got pregnant with my second daughter and I was Mm -hmm. just like I don't want to hold this in anymore yeah you know so unfortunately that's all too common Mm -hmm. only one in ten individuals that are sexually assaulted come forward to seek treatment or to to tell anyone Mm -hmm. so yeah that's all too common Mm -hmm. and I just remember I was at private school boarding academy when it happened and I literally stayed in my room for four days Mm -hmm. you know like I just Mm -hmm. did not I couldn't get out the bed and you know my deans would come and check on me and I'd be like oh I'm really sick like I'm still sick Mm -hmm. and then when I finally did come out Mm -hmm. he had told everyone so Mm -hmm. he told me if you tell anybody I'm gonna rip your vocal cords out of your throat Mm -hmm. and hand them to you Mm -hmm. that's what he told me so I didn't tell anyone his version of telling people I'm sure it was completely it was and then when I finally emerged from my room I just remember walking into the lunchroom Mm -hmm. and like none of my friends wanted to sit with me Mm -hmm. like you know what I mean it was just Mm -hmm. like this Mm -hmm. very weird and then I found out that he told everyone that, oh, I took her virginity, you know, and I was just Mm -hmm. so embarrassed. Mm -hmm. And then I had the deans and everybody, you know, like, you know, tell us what happened. We're going to kick you out of school because it was a super Christian Mm -hmm. strict school. And so dare they put that that onus on you. So it was like, you know, did you do it willingly or did he take it? You know, that's kind of how they were talking to me. And I was like, oh, I don't want my vocal cords ripped out of my throat, you know. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, it was just a, a really awful experience. But I said all of that to say that if we don't create the environment to mm-hmm. where our right. children feel comfortable enough space. to yeah to come to us or anyone and tell them when they're hurting about something mm-hmm. then we're we're essentially doing a disservice to our kids and mm-hmm. we're doing more damage absolutely um, to them. Mm-hmm. you have to be like open and honest and i uh ended up raising my baby brother after our mother died and i was kind of proud of myself and the fact that i was always so open with him about sex and i remember clearly telling him that uh when you have those urges and when you're about to do it, let's have a conversation about it because I want you to to be safe. And he did. He came to me and he told me. He told me who he was planning to do it with. And, you know, I gave him the whole spiel about how that I didn't get that, you know, this is a precious gift and you need to make sure that this is a person that you really want to do it with. And of course, I would kind of rather you <laughs> abstain. But if not, mm-hmm. let's go get some condoms. Let's right. do this the right way because you do not need to be knocking anyone up. Right. 
Well, it's just such the, it's such the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's the unrealistic um, attitude to tell people, oh, just don't do it. Well, did you make that decision? Probably not. (laughs) Right. You know, so, so, and so they're going to, and like you said, the earlier, the the more you tabooize it, the more they want to do it. So you might as well, I mean, it's the whole thing in other countries about drinking. I said, when you go to Australia and you can sit up there, I mean, I would never do it, but I mean, they are so open with um, alcohol at dinner that a 12 year old can have a a glass of wine. They don't have the drunk driving like we did, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and I, I'm a, um, you know, 70s, 80s kid. And I don't know, this whole opioid thing is so different than what we had coming up as far as drugs. But I was like, hey, the whole this is your brain, this is your brain on drugs thing scared us straight, you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> well, me sort of. I didn't. It's, and it I'm allergic to the planet me. anyway. So if I it tried it, it might have yeah. scared me from the hardcore stuff. <laughs> But I'd be lying if I didn't say I didn't toke it up plenty. (laughs) Well, I I have said this many times. I said all of my health issues and then I turn around and try and smoke. Are you kidding me? That would be a front to God. Yeah, you'd be like dead. For me, that would be an affront to God. It it completely would be. So So as we continue and as we're just about to wrap up, I do want to kind of discuss what the role that white women have in all this because they do have a role in how we're looked at versus how they're looked at, how they have historically benefited from kind of... Even the way I look, I've never wanted to be white. Never. In fact, I wish I was darker. Well, that's not the point, Karen. I know, but... <laughs> I'm talking about how they've contributed but to they, these But they're held up. I mean, the whole blonde, blue-eyed thing is yeah. held up as beauty. That's what I'm That's what I'm speaking from. Okay. I never wanted I'll get that. that. Yeah. I never wanted I have blonde in my head, and I... I really don't like it so um but yeah for me yeah i don't look at the white woman as the be all to end all to be honest that that's just where i'm coming from how about you um so i i think that they definitely have some responsibility Mm -hmm. to use the privilege that they're that they have exactly thank um, you for using the word privilege yeah to uh denounce a lot of the behaviors and um especially when they come across Across an issue where a black man is exalting a white woman mm-hmm. as oh she's better because she does this or she does that and when you think about it it really is all about control yeah so usually is. when a black man is talking about why he prefers a white woman it's never the things of substance or I won't say never because that's not all but most of the times it's never the things of substance right it's mm-hmm. always oh she listens to me she don't talk back you know mm-hmm. what I mean mm-hmm. and so and I think it's um, imperative that white women speak up and say, well, actually, you know, this might not be a color thing. This is a woman thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cross any woman. She going she going to cuss you out. Yeah. She, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and just to, to let them know, like, hey, you know, I support interracial relationships. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, as a, if if I were a white woman, I would not allow the person who is pursuing me to down mm-hmm. a black woman, mm-hmm. right? Like I would let okay. them know right. that this type of behavior is unacceptable. But they definitely benefit from it. And even when it comes to being a feminist, I can never completely call myself a feminist. Although of course I'm all for women's rights and that type of thing, because there's also such a negative history with white feminists and racism, mm-hmm. whether it's Margaret Sanger and her eugenics craziness and trying 
trying to exterminate black people. It's like there's this weird history with white women and black women. And and to this day, I think we do this kind of uncomfortable dance with each other Mm -hmm. that there's support, but there's also this history of racism. And then Mm -hmm. when I look at the numbers of white women who support Donald Trump, it just makes me sick. I'm still trying to figure that one out. And (laughs) I used to... uh, really be like you know i'm a feminist you know what i mean and like yeah i went through a period yeah super Mm -hmm. girl power and then i was talking to someone who said you know or maybe i was watching something they said you know i'm not really a feminist but i am a womanist yeah you know and Mm -hmm. i felt like that resonated more with me so um i switched from being a feminist to a womanist because sometimes Um, the feminist narrative is so anti-male and i think especially us as black people Mm -hmm. black women we cannot afford to be anti-black men we Mm -hmm. need our black men and we We need need to uplift them and for Mm -hmm. them to uplift us Mm -hmm. and when you have this negative anti-male narrative going on it's unhealthy especially for our community i agree I can I agree also. <laughs> well, thank you both for participating in this open and this honest discussion about black women and our sexuality, our femininity, how we're taking it back, if we're taking it back. And thanks to everyone that's listening to today's episode. I hope it really gets you talking about the issues that we've raised. Join the conversation by posting a comment to the Get Happy with Jay Facebook page or the Get Happy with Jay website. Share your experiences and let us know how you embrace your sexy as a woman okay (laughs) until next week as i always say do something to make yourself happy it's not selfish it's self-care bye-bye